everyone. Welcome back to But Why the Podcast. And today we need some sugar water because we're covering Men in Black. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and we're with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Boy, howdy, some sugar water. Hello. Oh my God. Some sugar water. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, wow. I wonder if there's going to be a special at the draft house for sugar water. Uh, people, that was just my... people would probably buy it too, which is like the messed up part. They can put that I... in a drink. I've had a drink with like crushed sugar and things. It was like unicorn drink in San Diego. I thought that was just what my alcoholic beverages was. But <laughs> just, just sugar water? As far as it's just tea without like the good stuff. <laughs> it's unspicy tea. You mean the only good part of tea is the sugar? <laughs> <laughs> they cut out the middleman. They just gave us sugar water. Like I used to drink tea one time because I also poured like four packets of sugar in it. <laughs> yeah, like at least Bill you have Miller's like a tea, tea flavor. Now you're just drinking like sugar, like sugar flavored, flavor, flav- sugar flavored water. Is that even? Is it even? Is this pot? You're just drinking sugar. I don't even know. Are you even drinking tea? This is. It's but a healthy it version have, of Kool Aid. That's all it is. Does it have electrolytes? Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, does it have? What plants crave? <laughs> well, I mean, I saw that movie. Apparently, that's what it was like. <laughs> anyway, on the topic of Men in Black, I am not leading the episode. Matt is not leading the episode. Adrian is. So, Adrian, take it away. Yeah. Um, yeah, so today we're talking about Men in Black. Mainly because the movie Men in Black International, not Men in Black 4, not... Men in Black crossover with 23 Drum Street, but Men in Black International comes out June 14th. Um, so no one has seen the movie yet as of this recording. So we're going to save kind of thoughts and stuff like that to the end. So we're basically, basically just going to focus on what we already have. Um, so I guess my first intro question is just like, how well do you know Men in Black? Did you watch it in the 90s? Did you watch it on VHS later on? What What's up? I have seen the movie, both of the movies, with a three, right? There's yeah, three. there's three. Technically okay. three. <laughs> I've seen one and two numerous, 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 numerous times. I had one on VHS and it had Getting Jiggy with it at the end of it after it wrapped. <laughs> so that's how I watched that. And then the third one, I barely remember at all. The third the third one is the third one with the cat? Or is that two? No, the first one is with the cat. No, the one with the... the li- Man, all this is jumbled in my head. The lady. The first one, yeah. That oh, this is, is the all first the first one. one. And then I don't remember the second one and the third one. I know I've seen them all. I know I watched the second one a whole bunch because it always came on right after the first one on TNT. Um, everything I remember is the first one then. All right. I wasn't expecting to do recaps of the movie, but we'll <laughs> wow. get, okay. we get to it, I guess. I mean, I'm sure when you say it, I'll remember. I know that Kay dies in one of them. And I don't know. First one's the only one that really matters. Uh, okay. In my opinion. What? <laughs> I'm extremely confused and wondering if I watched the wrong movies. Well, like he like kind of dies. I don't know. It's been a long time. I I can I can solidly say that since the cartoon. Do you even know Kay's a character? Or you just yelling letters at this point. <laughs> I know that he's a character. Um. No, I mean, in full transparency, unlike all the other franchises we've kind of talked about up until now, this is one that I watched heavily as a child and a teenager and never watched again. I loved it, 
but I haven't seen it in at least nine years. All right. Yeah. I mean, the the last one came out less than 10 years ago, so this is, we're off to a good start. We're we're off to a good start start here. (laughs) I don't even remember the last one. I forgot that there was a third one. It's okay. Before, before we get to the movie stuff, I'll do like a quick synopsis of the movie. Uh, What about you, Matt? Well, I do remember the first and second one. Um, I explicitly do remember there was a third one made. I explicitly remember, oh, this looks like crap because it was basically a money grab. And so, and I've tried watching it before and I was like, I don't care for this. But I have seen the first and second one multiple, multiple times, kind of like the way Kate has said. I also knew there was a comic and I don't remember if it came from the comic or if it actually came afterwards. But I do know there was quite a bit of, there was a comic that was around per se. I don't know what it did because I don't ever read the comics, but I do remember the movies. I do remember the characters. I do remember the cat and what movie that was involved. And the lady in the second movie where her tears were crying. But didn't Kay like yeah, kind like, yes. of die? Didn't he like lose his memory in one of them? Yeah, I mean that's losing your memory and dying aren't the same thing. I mean, well, I mean, kinda. I mean, if you wanted to like talk about the one where he dies, it's technically probably the closest is going to be the third one because there's someone trying to actually kill him. Yeah, it's been a long he, time. He's he just it's okay. Well, I'll I'll do like a quick like recap. Let's make and this was also so, like was awful. Um, it's technically better than the second one. I just think you guys just haven't seen the third one. I think that I think that's no. The problem. I, so uh, I watched the picture. I have definitely seen the third one because I remember the guy with the weird the eye things. So I remember parts of the third one and attempting to watch it, but I also was like, I don't care about this. And also, I also like. I actually oh, really like Tommy. Was the second one. Okay, it's all coming yeah. back to me now. I'm just oh looking at pictures, gosh. and it's starting to fill in. <sighs> Anyways, I also this was also like peak uh, Tommy Lee Jones, which who was great. Um, so I didn't care for it. You released this movie ten years after the second one. Don't care. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've seen all of them multiple times, mainly because spoiler alert for the podcast i like will smith uh so i I watched them a bunch when i was a kid on vhs because i didn't i was like three years old when this or four years old when this movie came out um but i watched them a bunch when i was a kid and then when you were how old because you know what i saw this movie i saw the first one in theaters thank you very much yeah you're old matt okay congratulations buddy you're timely you're the timely jones of our podcast hey at least i'm part of the good ones I also saw the first one in theaters. And obviously you couldn't remember it because you were so young. (laughs) That's also probably accurate. No, like I remember Uh, like the big moments of the first one. Like Really? You said the cat? The cat is a huge moment and you put it in the wrong movie. I I remember that the cat has the damn star system on his necklace. Or on his necklace. His collar. And I remember that shit. I just I just don't remember. I so the girl the that I was referring to or is Rosario movie. Dawson in the second one. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes, in the second one, that's who I was referring yes. to. We all knew that except you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I watched them a bunch when I was a kid. I, I mean, I, I distinctly remember me and like one of my childhood friends like acting out the end scene, where like we would take turns being the giant roach and like kicking each other off of like a fence. Um. So it was good times. Remember how kids these days have like switches and you practice being a roach kicking each other off a fence. Yeah, it was it was pretty good. Yeah, the uh, early 2000s was a uh, 
It's a good time to kick people off of stuff. And this is mainly because we, we really watched the uh, the animated show a whole bunch. So, like, oh, I just I remember this just continuous wave of Men in Black in my life. Um, yeah. So, I, I like the Men in Black, and I'm excited for the movie. So two th- and it's one of those things where when I was going through the notes, I just realized that people don't like the second or third one. And I'm just really confused by the whole thing. I know when I watch like the honest trailer for Men in Black, like they just shit on the second and third movie like really, really hard. And I was like, what? So I do remember I bet- the second movie I didn't care for, but I didn't think it was awful. I don't think it was. I think this was kind of like the not quite the Armageddon situation, but kind of like I didn't realize people didn't like it this much, but I knew they didn't like it like bad. Um, the third one I knew everybody I knew didn't like it. Um, but I do remember the animated series that you forgot that I didn't mention that one. Yeah, yeah, the animated series is good. I'm well- watching some of that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about in the publication history. It's not as like popular as the movies are, but it's definitely worth mentioning. So we'll, we'll just jump right into it because Matt did mention that there was a comic. And I didn't know this before we before I did the notes for this, but the Men in Black franchise itself um, originated from a comic book created by an American author, Lowell Cunningham. And the franchise focuses, if you don't know what the Men in Black is, if you got uh, flashy thinged and your memory's gone, the franchise focuses on... Or, yeah, that too. I don't Um, know why I thought he died. I thought it was because he loses his memory in the second one. My bad. I don't love Will Smith as much as Adrian, and I don't have a photographic memory like Matt. (laughs) Did you get flashy things? I did. I got flashy things. Are you working at a post office? Yeah. Uh, the franchise focuses on the fictional non-governmental organization of the same name, which monitors and regulates paranormal and alien activity on Earth while preventing civilians from finding out about it. Later, it was adapted into movies, TV shows, and video games. Um, all the media up to this point essentially follows a primary characters, Agent J, played by Will Smith, and Agent K, played by Tommy Lee Jones, in on their adventures in the MIB universe and then with the new movies they're basically transitioning to tessa thompson and chris hemsworth but we'll again say that towards the end so the comic um that preceded the movies again is done by lowell cunningham primarily known for his mib mib comics in the early 90s but he also did he also like wrote and like co-directed these four star wars parodies that you can find on youtube um i wouldn't watch them they are interesting and these are basically like all this dude's Wikipedia page is full of. It's either Men in Black or these four Star Wars parodies. He has one called Crazy Watto, which is basically a car sales car salesman commercial. Um, there's Darth Vader's Crazy Hotline, which is basically a Miss Cleo parody. I feel like I've, I feel like Hunter- I've seen that one, by the way. Yeah, that <laughs> one's a pretty big one. I remember seeing that one. Um, there's the Jedi Hunter, which is basically a, a Boba Fett crocodile hunter slash crocodile Dundee parody. And then there's the Sith Apprentice, which is basically Trump's, Trump's Apprentice parody in uh, two thousand, like the early 2000s. Um, so that's that's what we're working with with, with this guy. The comic was originally published by Malibu Comics, but it was bought by Marvel in 1994. Um, and then they released a prequel and a sequel to the movie adaptation. So up to this point, there was only like six issues before Marvel purchased them. So there wasn't really a whole lot. Uh, the biggest differences between the basically the movie or the comic and then the movie and the um, animated series is that basically Will Smith's character Jay is just a white dude. 
Um, the comics are a lot darker. It's not an action comedy like the movies are. It's more like an X-Files type thing, but probably even darker than that because they basically just like shoot all the aliens like without even questioning them first. Like, you know, like, you know, K shoots people, but like they don't even like shoot. They don't even like ask questions. They just shoot. And then hopefully if they're alive, then they'll ask them questions. Um, and they really cared like a lot less for collateral damage than the, than the other one. They didn't really worry about flashing people. They kind of just broke stuff. Um, and it wasn't really just about aliens, but they also dealt with demons and mutants and zombies, werewolves, vampires, legendary creatures, and other prominent beings, kind of like Supernatural, but this one actually has aliens in it. So technically, it's better. So all I got was Kate's favorite show was a ripoff. I mean, and, Yeah, plus not, aliens. But y'all can say what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, that's just what people reference it as. I, it they they made it seem like the comic. I never read the comic, but they, it would seem like it was basically like an X Files supernatural. Is what it's like most akin to. Um, just a lot darker. Like Agent K, Tommy Lee Jones character is basically just like a soulless suit with a gun and like has no real. Like this sounds closest to X Files. Yeah, so he's just, he's just like a he's just like a big suit and just like likes to kill stuff. Um. And then with guns, they don't even have sci-fi guns. They just have, like, actual guns. There's no, like, noisy cricket or anything so like Tommy that. So Tommy Lee Jones' character, Kay just pulls out a Glock on a random ass alien. Yeah, and just shoots people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so six total issues, and then when Marvel gets them, they basically have some sequel comics. And that's basically kind of it for the comic. It's really not hugely successful. It's only really known because of the movie that comes out in 1997. So for the films, there are four currently. There's Men in Black in 1997, MIB Men in Black 2 in 2002, and then Men in Black 3 in 2012. And they were all directed by Barry Sonnefeld, who also directed the Addams Family's movies from the early 90s, as well as Wild Wild West and Get Shorty. And then the fourth movie that's coming out now is Men in Black International coming out this week as we were recording. I just want to state that Get Shorty might be the best movie out of all of those. You take is. you. Uh, Adam's family like, and yeah, Wild Wild West are on that list. Wild so. Wild West is amazing. <laughs> Wild have you all Wild seen Get Shorty? Is amazing and <laughs> yes, I have. Is better. Yeah. Yeah, and the Adams Family's yeah. movie and the sequel are also pretty good. I said, I, like I said, I'm not saying that I do enjoy the Adams Family movies. But yes. have you seen Get Shorty? But Adam, We're not even going to count Adam's Wild Family Wild West is supreme, and then there's Wild <laughs> Wild West, which I did not realize that everybody hated, because I think that movie is great. <laughs> That's we, another one where I was like, yeah, people hate that movie? I don't, I don't get it. All we're learning is okay. you apparently have a very bad taste in movies, Kate. Yeah. I just think that me and Kate just didn't talk to anybody, and then we didn't know that these people didn't. <laughs> Either that or, like, the people I talked to like these movies. I just felt like, oh, movies. this is just a normal opinion to That's have. also there. <laughs> <laughs> I just really didn't know that, you know, like, Wild Wild West, come on, man. Wild Wild West, come on, but ha- come but on. have you seen Get Shorty? Yeah. I've seen Get Shorty, but Giant Spiders is better. <sighs> he has a gun that comes out of his belt buckle. That's, that's just better. As I start this episode <laughs> with, boy, howdy, we can continue this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's probably a line that uh, Loveless would probably say. So I think I think you're, you're right on it. 
So Men in Black International is basically a spinoff movie. Uh, we'll talk about speculations and kind of the various levels of hypeness and other stuff or the lack thereof hypeness for the movie kind of towards the end. But the movie itself is not directed by um, Sonfeld. It's actually directed by F. Gray Gray, who got his start directing music videos such as It Was a Good Day by Ice Cube, Natural Born Killers by Dr. Dre and Ice Cube, Keep Their Heads Ringing by Dr. Dre, Waterfalls by TLC, Miss Jackson by Outkast. But has more recently done a lot of movies since then. Since then, so he's done. He, these aren't the only movies he's done, but these are probably like the biggest. You know, Friday, The Italian Job, Fly Abiding Citizen, Straight Outta Compton, and Fate of the Furious, just to name a couple. I just like how you led with the uh, music videos. I mean, those are actually pretty good music videos. Those you, are pretty good music videos. Like I was like, oh, but I was like, we didn't lead with the movies. I was, I was confused well, for a I'm second. I'm just going through his progression. I I went through his progression of how he got there. He went from doing music videos to doing. Movies and big movies that make a lot of money, um, and those think about the, like those are like solid music videos. They are too, <laughs> which they're probably about short movies <laughs> in today's standard. Basically, yeah. Um, so when you look at Men in Black International, as far as kind of like the main people, the really people, only people who are returning from that original trilogy are the composer Danny Effman, who has a laundry list of credits, and we'll talk about him a little bit later on. But he's done like the Simpsons theme, a lot of Tim Burton, Sam Raimi, Spider Man. And basically the producers, Walter Parks and Lord McDonald. Everyone else is kind of um, new to the team as far as like the directors and the writers and even the actors, basically. So uh, basically a whole big spinoff. There was supposed to be a Men in Black 4 with Smith and Tommy Lee Jones coming back, but it was canceled. And then they also canceled the Men in Black 23, which is supposed to be the 23 Jump Street crossover. They should have just thrown that guy uh, who came up with that idea out the window. Yeah. Yeah, both of those things got canceled. Uh, so we're just stuck with the, uh, the spinoff, and we'll see where the spinoff goes. And we'll say it's kind of like the success of the movies for the But Why Those, because I didn't realize how much money these movies made, yes. especially after reading all the reviews of like how people don't really like them, and the, re- the ratings kind of say that for the second and third movie, but they still made a bunch of money. And uh, that all takes us to the Men in Black series, because for whatever reason, the 90s and 2000s just called every animated thing the series or the animated series for their thing instead of just, I don't know. It's made things simple. Weird. It was a simple time. It was a simple time. Uh, the animated series ran from 1997 to 2001 on kids WB and basically was an alternate timeline to the movies where K Tommy Lee Jones's character doesn't retire. Uh, like he does at the end of the first one and agent J Will Smith's character is still a rookie at the end of the movie. So he doesn't become kind of like the seasoned character that he is by the time the second movie comes up um and then you have agent l who is played by linda florentino who is basically the uh, doctor in the first movie and they basically go through an extension of an altered timeline from the first movie there's basically a lot of extended arcs and some origin stuff between the between agent k and agent j but it's primarily just standalone episodes where they kind of follow one alien um, around and kind of solve the mysteries there. And it had four seasons for a total of 53 episodes. I remember it being pretty decent. I remember it I being pretty decent. I've only probably seen maybe yeah. 10 of those episodes. I, I didn't actually didn't realize it went on I through like it was four like seasons. Episodes yeah, I didn't realize it had so many episodes either. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure yeah. I've seen about 10 of them, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I went back and watched a couple of episodes like on YouTube because it's so old now that people just put it up on YouTube and they're not taking that stuff down. But it was, I mean, it's pretty decent. I, I as a and with a six point eight on IMDb, I think that's pretty. I think it's a that's pretty fair about- assessment considering 
what else was coming on around that time in terms of the animated series. I think it does pretty good for itself. Um, and it does have a daytime Emmy in 2001 for outstanding sound editing, which I thought was interesting because the, the intro for the thing is pretty nice and the music is pretty good. So I can definitely see um, sound editing being a, a standout from from the show because not a lot of the actors come back for the show. I think um, like two of like the side characters come back and then uh, it's like a lot of like between season two and season three, a lot of the voice actors switch out. So there's really not even a lot of consist- consistency in the voice acting. But it does well enough for itself to go four seasons on uh, Kids WB. I will say this: which as, switch out shows a whole bunch. I will say this: as I've grown older and started watching shows, the the fact that uh, when people switch out voice actors really now affects me a lot more than than I didn't notice when I was a kid growing up and watching all these shows. Because I've gone back and watched some cartoons and like them just even switching voice actors for even like maybe not quite the main character, but like maybe even like the B tier to like B plus tier characters bugs the shit out of me now. Yeah, I know. I remember um, when they did it with like the was it amazing. Like, the one that I think can think of most recently is like the Amazing World that of Gumball when they switched out the uh, the so cat's much. voice, the the boy cat. What is so much? It's so <laughs> bad. It's so bad. It's just not even like remotely the same. Um, but yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I remembered it nearly as much as a kid. But now when it now when they do it, it really throws me off. I think like the best voice change I think has to be in Troll Hunters. Um. Because it's not super noticeable, but I, it's also not like Amazing World of Gumball, where I'm like, this is, is this isn't even the same pitch. But it was well handled in that they reduced a lot of Jim's screen time, and that they made him go through puberty, and also that they every impactful line, especially the ones where he's having to when he's um, re-saying what Blinky said to him. It's all uh, Anton Yelkin's voice. They like did a mixture of them, so I think they like explained it yeah. away fairly well. But my ear caught it, and it was weird. Yeah, it's super tough. It's a tough position to be in, especially when you have kids, man. Like, oh god, so so annoying. Um, at least it's one of yeah. those we could understand it when they do it like randomly, like somebody got fired or just yeah. Suddenly. At least with Troll Hunters, like it had to happen. There was like there was no yeah, other there was choice. nothing they yeah. could do. But yeah, I mean, I remember it being pretty decent. I like I said, I went watch wouldn't watched a couple episodes on um, YouTube, and it's not like the same. Like the, it's not as good as like the movies are, but I think it was good enough on you know a Saturday morning and for some nostalgia watching on YouTube. And then that kind of takes us to the video games. There's a bunch of video games, but they're really none of them are really popular. I don't think I ever played any of them. Um, they have games from ranging all the way back to Windows 95 to PS1, Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, Xbox 360, PS2, PS3, and the Wii. So crossing a lot of consoles, dating all the way back to Windows 95. But I don't think I played any of them. I've, I don't, I want to say I remember the 360 game. Because that's like actually relatively like recent, but I kind of don't, and I'm kind of like yeah, there was I mean, this they're... many games con- for that many consoles because those obviously those consoles span quite a few years. So like, I don't remember really. Yeah, anything. I think they were just like movies based on the thing, right? So like they came out in '97, 2002, and then 2012. Yeah, I so forget, I think they just released. I forgot game uh, company did that for the longest time. I, some of them weren't bad, most of them were awful, but. I forgot. That yeah, was a I don't thing. think they were good enough. I mean, they don't even really like list them all on like any of like the sources for that I found. So I don't even think they really that relevant. Um, in forms of other media, 
there is like a D&D based role playing game based on the movies that's like on a D6 system. There is a theme park ride, Men in Black, Alien Attack at Universal Studios Florida, and a interesting airline safety vid- video based on the series. Uh, basically, Air New Zealand did a collaboration did a collaboration with the country's rugby team that's called the All Blacks. So the All Blacks, Men in Black, they basically do a safety video in 2015 in place of like put the mask over your face. I guess they just played this video on their airlines. I didn't hate it. Oh, I have seen this. I, I, I didn't hate it. I was like, I'm pretty sure I've and, seen this. And I was like, I wasn't sure. And then I went to click, I clicked on the thing you gave and I was like, Oh, nope. I have seen this. Yeah, I didn't hate it. And we will include it. it I put a link to it in our show notes for our patrons and maybe we'll put it on the link for the episode, but it's, it's interesting. Cause it came out in 2015 like before the hype of the new Men in Black International movie comes out. So I don't know why they did it. I don't know if they just kind of like caught the wave a little bit late or what the, what the thing was. But just now it's Men in Black, it, the it, is, it is a thing. 2012. But. And that kind of just takes us through all of like the really the media part of it. I thought there was more, but there this is really just it. You know, it stems from the comic, turns into the movies. We get a spinoff TV show. And then um, giant rugby players do a airline video in 2015. Just out of nowhere. Yeah, it's it's super out of nowhere, and it's like like three four minutes long. Um, and they played it on their airplanes. I guess I don't know who got the money there for that, but someone got paid. Okay, yeah, and that takes us basically through our history, and we will get into our but why those right after this. Hey everyone, do you like But Why Though? Well, the PodCoin app is a podcast player that pays you to listen to this podcast and every other podcast that you like. Just get the PodCoin app on your iPhone or Android and start listening today. It's free and super easy to use, with every minute you listen getting you sweet, sweet coins. It turns your podcast listening into charity, or if you're like me, you just get some Amazon or Starbucks gift cards. I use the PodQueen app to do all my podcast listening now, and I love it. Seriously, just go get the PodQueen app and use invite code ButWhyTho, B-U-T-W-H-Y-T-H-O, and you'll get 300 extra PodCoin just for signing up if you use our code. That's 300 PodCoin just for signing up for using code ButWhyTho. Go ahead and give PodCoin a try today. Okay, so far but why those? All right, I'm gonna be straight straight up and be honest here. Like, this isn't some you know thing that stems all of these science programs and all this. This is this is a action buddy comedy that people enjoy. So that's what we're gonna stick with. All right. So don't expect like some groundbreaking. You know they. So don't expect like some groundbreaking thing like where they, you know, the New Zealand army recites the men in black theme song on a daily basis kind of thing like we're we're spongebob but we're, we're gonna get through it we're gonna get through it and we're gonna start with it being a successful franchise because i didn't realize how much money this movie like this franchise made just through its three movies especially considering that it started in 1997 so men in black one again came out in 1997 and this is the one where we basically follow agent j and agent k and agent k who is timely jones character picks up and handpicks James D. Edwards, Will Smith from the NYPD, Recruiting the Men in Black, 
and they basically find themselves in the middle of a plot where this bug alien is trying to blow up the world and they need to find the galaxy that these aliens stole and blah 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 blah. and at the end of the movie they blow up a giant roach so i will say this this um the bug alien in the first men in black when he first gets into the the guy's body who he's asking for sugar water and the way it uses like subtle body horror inside you mean kingpin's body skin looks and all yes kingpin's body (laughs) the way his skin looks the way he moves all that type of stuff that is actually what brought me to watch the fly because my dad said that that was essentially where where it was inspired from and then that's what got me into watching those types of horror movies so. Yeah, when he peels back his skin, when the first thing, it's so, like, it's, it's so, so scary looking. I don't like it. Um, and then I don't remember Kingpin's actual name. Sorry, Vincent Dionforio. Yeah, Deforio. I always say Vincent uh, Defoe, but that's obviously not it. No, that's that. No, Matt. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I was gonna say the guy from Full Metal Jacket because that's the first thing I always seen him in. So every time I see him, that's all I think about. Um, I remember him from uh, Law and Order, uh, the crime and. Criminal intent. Criminal intent. There we go. I knew it was CI. I remember. I remember him from Full Metal Jacket and Criminal Intent, but his best role is Kingpin, and I'm still pissed they canceled that. Criminal Intent is they, great. They he is hate great me. In criminal oh intent. man, that... he was great in Criminal Intent, but Criminal Intent is not better than SVU. Nobody cares about SVU anymore. Should have been canceled. Still going on. Should have been canceled. Twenty seven like, seasons. Should have been canceled about almost twenty years. Twenty seven seasons and like twenty five. DAs. But I see still there. <laughs> oh, hell yes, he is. <laughs> anyway, um, he is in this movie. Yeah. And basically, like, the movie is rated pretty well. So if you look at the ratings from IMDb, it's a 7.3. Rotten Tomatoes is 92% with 85 ratings. Again, this is from a movie from the 90s. So I'm surprised how many ratings it has and how well it's rated judging by what we've looked at in the past for our, some of our patreon episodes and then has a 7.1 on metacritic the worldwide gross for the movie is 589 million hmm, worldwide that's not bad for 97 yeah it's that's not bad lot. at all yeah um 250 million domestic and when you adjust that for inflation it's 492 million um, and basically on a $90 million budget. And this is also with them like reshooting like the ending of, ending of the movie that cost them like an extra like $4 million or so. So it does pretty well for itself. And if you look at, you know, our favorite box office mojo that has lots of different categories, if you look at the – either even if you look at adjusted or not adjusted for Men in Black, it is the number one action buddy comedy of all time and truly not even close like – what follows it is like Rush Hour and then the other Men in Black movies. Um, I don't know what else classifies as action buddy comedy, but, you know, Men in Black is the best one. So you have Rush Hour, Lethal Weapon, uh, 22 Jump Street, Bad Boys, Wild Wild West, The Heat, Ride Along, The Other Guys. I was gonna say- Detective Pikachu at, nine, at 22 is on this list as well. And if you look at, technically it is a comic adaptation, if you want to get down to it, it's number 11 on the comic adaptation list and number four on the sci-fi alien invasion list. So are the first 10 on the comic adaptation just uh, MCU movies? Yeah, it's Endgame, Avengers, Black Panther, Dark Knight, (laughs) Infinity War, (laughs) Spider-Man, Batman, um, 89, 
uh, et cetera, et cetera. Which Batman? Yeah, the 89 one. You said oh, Batman 89. Okay. I didn't hear yeah, that. Now the official is... title of Batman with, uh, with Michael Keaton, <laughs> just Batman 89 is what it's called. Batman 89. Bat- uh, no, it's more like Michael Keaton the first time he was a thing with wings. <laughs> and that's basically it, like it on this list. So the fact that it's like able to crack that list, I think, is pretty pretty decent, considering it is like from a not so successful comic book. Yeah. Um, and then if you look at awards, it has three Academy Award nominations for makeup, art direction, and original music, and it lost out to original music to Titanic because it's the same year that Titanic comes 97 out. 97 was actually a pretty good year for movies if I remember correctly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This was the number three or number four movie in 1997, yeah. so it does pretty well for itself and it wins for best makeup and I think a lot of that stems from just they're doing Aliens. Um, Steven Spielberg is attached to the first Men in Black movie, so there's a lot of like practical effects with some of the aliens and I guess the body horror was enough to make people like Kate get into it, so I'm not surprised that it won for Best Makeup. It had a Golden Globe nomination, a BAFTA nomination, and then eight Saturn nominations with three wins for sci-fi film, supporting actor for, I believe it was Tommy Lee Jones, and then for music. So, like, I will say, like, I'm actually really happy that it has a lot of Saturns because I think that this is a specific type of, like, entrance into sci-fi for a lot of people in this, like, this type of sci-fi, right? Like, sci-fi that is close, like, realistic sci-fi essentially so like sci-fi that happens in our time period that isn't set apart by different galaxies or different anything like this is will smith being will smith and then having to hunt aliens and deal with alien things like yeah and i think i think when i'm thinking back to like my watching sci-fi films outside of like stuff from like the 80s i think this is this and like independence day were my first introduction to like sci-fi in our time period, like you were saying. So yeah. I think you're right on the money there. And they just both happen to have Will Smith. And he was worried about becoming like the alien guy because of these. And he also like. And the now movies. he's a genie. Yeah, now he's a genie. Gross. And has a lot of money. It's uh, still a travesty that they did not let him do a Will Smith original song. This is true. Aladdin. Because when we get to the music, like his original song for this movie did pretty freaking well for itself. Um and then they'd like in the third movie they had Pitbull do a song, which is that's a travesty. That's a travesty. And so they should just let Will Smith do all the music. Yeah. So we also like following the film's release, Ray Bans, like the glasses that they wore, almost didn't get a shout out. But when they did get a shout out, apparently the sales of their Predator Two sunglasses tripled to five million dollars. So they even made Ray Ban a bunch of money from their this signature Predator Two sunglasses that they wore in the movie. And then it kind of takes us to Men in Black 2 and Men in Black 3, which I'm just going to kind of categorize and kind of put them together in terms of what they did because they kind of fall in this the same kind of format. The second movie is the one where Agent J is basically a more seasoned um, agent and this – who's I forget, I forget who plays the lady, but Serena. 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 Comes down and is looking for the light of Zartha. And uh, Agent K knows where it's at, so he has to like, go basically get his memories back, and they kind of follow that same thing. And it turns out that the love interest of Will Smith is the light of Zartha, and he has to shoot her into space. And then she cries, and then it cries. Because when you cry, does it not always rain? Yeah. Uh, and then Men in Black 3 is the third movie that comes out in 2012, and this is the one where 
the notorious alien force, the animal, escapes a Lunar Max prison and to seek out K for revenge That's for... The one! Okay. Yeah. Now it's... A... Okay. Yeah, I definitely saw this. <laughs> yep. I remember it. It was adorable. For, for catching him in 1969 and basically uses some time technology to kind of go back to um, basically start a new timeline. And essentially, like, he does kill K, so he has to kind of go back in time. And then we get some stuff with like Will Smith's dad wait, wait, actually. Wait, so you're saying so you're saying Kate K dies, right? Well, we don't see him die. We see him in a chair with a giant laser gun. But but it is assumed that he dies. That's why I said if you roll back the tape, I said if you want to think about one where he dies, it's probably going to be Men in Black Three. So I was kind of supporting your claim that he died because no, I roll back the tape. I mean, if you wanted to like talk about the one where he died, it's technically probably the closest is going to be the third one. I'm not supporting anything you were saying, Kate, because you still thought the cat was like in the third movie at this point. So this is. Also I do remember accurate. the time travel of Will saying, I, "Hey, you have to jump off the roof and land on this exact spot, and then that will cause you to flood through the time thing." And I was like, "I'm out of this." I liked it. I thought it was. Good. I thought it was good. You can see Will Smith's dad. Uh, Thanos was in it, so I mean, this is why wouldn't you want Thanos? This in is pre Thanos. Once again, I still get that's that one is Kurt. No, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Were you about to I say Kurt Josh Russell? Brolin. How dare you, Shane? I get, jo- I, get <laughs> I get Josh Brolin, Kurt Russell, and Jeff Bridges all confused so a i don't know how you count josh brolin in there the other two i can kind of see but two there should be no slander of kurt russell on this podcast i'm not slandering him josh brolin is a very attractive man kurt russell is also a very attractive man and he had beautiful hair in escape from new york and la which but was he playing tommy lee jones playing a character in a movie because that's what josh brolin yeah, did pretty much <laughs> <laughs> i think it works fine um yeah so they they're not i mean they're successful financially when you i mean i guess they're kind of successful financially but they're not rated nearly as well as the first movie is so if you look at men in black 2 it grossed 441 million worldwide on a 140 million dollar budget and has a 49 on metacritic 6.1 on imdb and 39% on Rotten Tomatoes with 196 Ooh. reviews. So I knew that movie wasn't great, but I thought it would be higher than 39. I figured it'd be like in the 60 yeah, range, saying, like, maybe 65. That sounds just like what I expected. I figured about 65 was what I was expecting. Yeah, I thought it was I thought it wasn't I thought it was just like a small dip off. I didn't realize that 196 people on Rotten Tomatoes thought it was a 39% like averaged out. And then Men in Black 3 grossed 624 million on a 225 million dollar budget. Um but has a 58% or 58 on Metacritic, 6.8 IMDb, and a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes with 243. Um, again, I like the movies, but people say that the two timeline movie or like the two plots of the movies basically have the same thing. Um, you know, one of the between whether it's Agent K or Agent J, like one of them has to show each other the ropes, and then at the end of the movie the thing that they're looking for is right in front of them the whole time. But I think people give the third movie more of a pass because I think it adds in elements of like Will Smith finding out about his dad and stuff. So they added Oscar Bate crap and so we got liked it more. 
I don't I don't think it was Oscar bait crap. I think if you just... add in somebody's dad to make you feel something, then that's literally basically the I basis of Oscar. I don't think there is anything about the Men in Black series that could ever be considered <laughs> Oscar bait crap. He just said the parts anything. that they like to give it better was he I had a nice a conversation again, with his dad. Again, there is nothing about the Men in Black series that is Oscar bait crap. I'm sorry, Nothing. if you add in, like, you need to go see my long, long daddy, then... Nothing, sir. But they don't even tell you that in the trailer, though. Like, that was, like, a, like, sneaky thing. Like, you didn't go to that movie because you thought you were going to find out about Will Smith's dad. Also, you went like, to that movie because okay. you know that Josh Brolin was going to be in it playing Tommy Lee Jones, playing also, Agent like, K. A whole bunch of sci-fi is just daddy problems. This is true. Because, you know... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they're in Houston. They're... And I, I learned that the zip line that Will Smith uses to kind of get away that people thought was just like plot armor is a device that actually exists on that space station. So it was a feasible thing that he did in the movie, which makes sense. Um, but again, they don't do well rating wise. But despite like the lack of success and kind of being rated bad for the second and third movie, the franchise still boasts a six a one point six billion dollars over three movies. Um, with over dating back to 1997, and if you look at the list of you know the highest grossing movie franchises, it's 43 on the list when you adjust for inflation. That's not bad. For- and the only oh, hmm? so that's not bad for only three movies. Yeah, and the only yeah. movies that are on that list that have, or yeah, I mean that's just with the three movies, right? And we have the fourth one to come, and it's probably going to make a few million dollars at the very least. And the only movies that are on that list that have three or less movies that have grossed more than it are Nemo, Mary Poppins, Iron Man, Lady and the Tramp, and the Dark Knight trilogy. So are the only movies on that list that have less three or less movies in their franchise that can say that they made more money than the Men in Black. So one I'm confused of how many Mary Poppins movies are there? Are there just the two, two. now? Yeah. Okay. Two, but the other one came out so long ago that when you adjust for inflation it's a nice piece. I was like that, that, and I was just like, aren't they the same movie? Well, like the one that just came out. Yeah, isn't that like then... the same exact movie? Yeah, I, I mean, does I that count? It's like, I mean, you just basically made a remaking. Okay. Anyways, uh, I have no idea. I was like, I thought that they literally just pretty much remade the movie, and so that's why it was weird when you counted that, because I was like, so. Yeah. But no, that definitely makes sense. We just need to make a new Gone the Wind movie, make it 10 minutes long, I mean, and we'll make the highest movie I mean, to be fair, they count the all the Batman movies as a franchise, and those are just remaking different Batman. Well, no, he explicitly said the Dark Knight trilogy in here. Yeah, that does have the Dark Knight trilogy on there, which I thought was weird, considering it is Batman. So I don't know if like the Dark Knight trilogy is included in the Batman. Well, depends weird. on the website you I know count. I'm, same thing with Iron Man. Like, and Iron Man doesn't falls in the same way. Yeah, because this has this has yeah, I, I think it does count it in that because the MCU has twenty eight movies yep. on here and Iron Man trilogy is on here. So the I comics ones get messed up, like because I've looked at obviously we've done plenty of these episodes. We're at a hundred and whatever, but yeah, no, Batman has they kind of spruce out the like Dark Knight and Iron Man typed up, but then they for some reason still count them in Batman and like MCU like Batman like you said Kate has like twelve movies and you're like wait what and then you realize it's a bunch of random just Batman movies thrown together. Because they have Batman. Yeah. So I, I guess even if you think about it that way, even with if even if you take out Iron Man and the Dark Knight trilogy, then they really only have Nemo, which is technically two movies, but come out a lot sooner, and you know, animated movie money, and then Lady and the Tramp, which is just old. I was like, yeah, because like Lady and the Tramp is there multiple movies of that? There's two of that, isn't it? 
I think there were, I think it's two. There's some direct to DVD two. ones. Okay. Yeah, there's two. Uh, 1995. That's the main. Or 1955. 1955 is the and animated then one, correct? 2001 were like the last movies that came out. Okay. Uh, yeah, so even if you take those out, it does pretty good on the list, and it's good enough where you have you know an animated series of basically a ride universal. Um, so even if like the second movies don't do as well, and even if Men in Black International doesn't do as well, these movies can still say that they made a lot of money and dating back to 1997, which I think is like the biggest part because a lot of their money does come from that 1997. You know, I mean the 1997 movie made more than the 2001 movie. Well, the 2001 movie still made quite a bit of money though. Like four hundred forty one million is definitely like a lot. Yeah, four hundred forty one million is definitely for two thousand and two money. Not not too not too bad. So when you kind of transition from there, I think whenever I watch like the movies, one of my favorite things has always been the music for the Men in Black uh, franchise, especially like the opening sequence and kind of the kind of main score for the movie. And I mentioned earlier that Danny Effman is attached to the movie, and he has a huge score list and filmography and i when you're when you're looking through his list i think he has like a strong argument of being like in like the top three total he might not have the awards that john williams and Hans zimmer have but he has a bunch of nominations he has 75 major nominations with 35 wins and the ones and the stuff that he's lost out to have been to you know john williams and Hans zimmer basically um so just to kind of name some of his big movies Wee's big adventure beetlejuice edward scissorhands batman returns Batman before christmas Mission Impossible 1, Mars Attack, The Grinch, both of the Grinch, the most recent Grinch movies, um, Wanted, Hellboy 2, 9, Silver's Lining Playbook, Fifty Shades of Grey, Justice League. Um, I don't even remember what it, this one Planet of the Apes 2001, I'm assuming. Planet of the Apes 2001, yeah. We try not uh, to think about that movie, I understand. <laughs> hey, man, the dude that just really loves doing so Tim Burton bad. movies. That movie is so bad. I try to act like it. But no, um, as you mentioned this, I, I knew you had a music section in here. I was waiting. But no, the opening theme that you mentioned in the probably the overall theme of this movie, probably at least top five like theme songs out of movies for me. Like the opening yeah. song, especially and the first the, movie, like is amazing. Yeah, like and, and I think it's recognizable too. And I was kind of really I think just because of like the next part, part I'll get into when you think about like the album, like the music album, you know, like the score right. and the music album are, are typically different. But I was surprised that the main theme doesn't have like more love on some of the lists that we looked at yeah. because I think it's super recognizable to. Now I couldn't find it on any of the lists. Like it was always like Jurassic Park and Star Wars, and blah 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 blah, yeah. and like Titanic that, and blah, but yeah. this this wasn't on any of the lists, which I think just kind of speaks to like. I think he just, Danny Effman just gets outshined by. John Williams and Hans Zimmer, unfortunately. Well, that is surprising because I know that is one of the most like themes that like I do remember quite often. Like I said, it, maybe not the first, you know, not number one or two like Hans Zimmer's or John Williams. You said, but it definitely probably at least in my top five of like the themes of scores of movies or franchises. Yeah, yeah. So when you talk about like the actual movie album itself, uh, because outside of the main score, like Matt mentioned, the other big part of it is definitely uh, the Men in Black you know, official theme song. And they have like the music video and everything. Yeah. Um, so Will Smith is obviously like, by the time this movie comes out, he obviously has a rap career with DJ Jesse Jeff and an acting career. Cause he's coming off of independence day the year before the year before this movie comes out. And then bad boys the year before that. But the movie's main theme, Men in Black is actually Will Smith's first solo track without DJ, DJ, DJ Jazzy Jeff. And it basically went platinum in like four countries. Uh, he won a Grammy for it. And the movie came out before his album Big Willie Style comes out. 
and that's the one that has like get jiggy with it in Miami. So probably well his biggest album to come out. So I'm he yeah exactly i love those songs <laughs> i love those songs too that's why i put them on the list i don't remember any other ones but i remember those. I remember them too that's, <laughs> that's good <laughs> um and this basically comes out before that and like while the again the, this soundtrack isn't you know this isn't like the black panther soundtrack that's you know gotten so much thrown onto a whole bunch of lists and stuff like that in, in recent years because a lot of the other stuff gets you know again overridden by things like titanic and blah 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 blah, blah. Um, but this soundtrack actually does have a lot of 90s and like early 2000s mu- musicians. Uh, it has Genuine, Snoop Dogg, Jermaine Dupree, who I guess isn't relevant anymore, but he used to be, um, Nas, The Roots, and A Tribe Called Quest. And it also has the first appearances of two other big names. So this, the album, the Men in Black soundtrack for the movie, it has Alicia Keys' first professional recording as well as Destiny's Child's first solo track before they released their single four months later. Uh, so Beyonce basically made Men in Black, or Men in Black made Beyonce's career because it came out. I like that logic. That's what we're going first. with. Yeah. That's, that's I the logic. I co-sign that. So it, all three of us yeah. agree. It's a fact. Yeah. So you're welcome, Beyonce. Will and, Smith put and, you on an album. And go download Pitbull's Africa. Uh no, because we're like you know how like we're not talking about the uh the other albums <laughs> because the other albums aren't as good. Uh, which also kind of makes me worried. I don't who I don't know who they're gonna put on the main theme for the third for the fourth one. Do we know? So the, were these all? So obviously this is a weird thing we've talked about before in soundtrack. I'm trying to remember all that was on here. So these weren't necessarily were these custom made songs for the soundtrack or was this uh just songs they put within the soundtrack? I think this is songs that they put, they put within the within the soundtrack so kind of okay. like how you know like Kendrick Lamar some of the songs on one of his other albums kind of thrown kind of got thrown into the Black Panther thing that's kind of how this works out so I mean I think the only one that's t- specifically made for it was Black the Men in Black song uh, but they just found these other recording artists and like hey because that I will say that is the so. one thing we've talked about we've talked about another episode too of like oh well, this has great soundtrack and like well the Black Panther one and I'm just kind of like the Black Panther one is fantastic, but they also made it explicitly for Black Panther versus we yeah. got a we came to got a collection of songs that were not made for these movies and they fit well with this movie. Yeah. Well, welcome to the early nineties where they just kind of put in whatever music was going on that time and told you to have fun. I did. I'm, I'm trying to think of what it. songs were on here because I remember Nas was big during this time, even though I feel like he got overshadowed by a lot of people. I feel like he was the uh was Danny you know, he and, Danny Effman of this of the nineties uh, musician? Because Nas For is sure. real good. I love oh, yeah. him, but he just he came out in like a pack yep. of like he was running with a pack of like great people, and he was great too. But like, I mean, I'm sure all the runners who run with Usain Bolt are also really fast, <laughs> but. <laughs> They're not Usain Bolt, so I feel bad for Nas when we talk about him because he was he's like the Danny Effman of this era. Really good. <laughs> I forgot Jermaine Dupree. He had a few good things, but uh, I forgot he was a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I was hesitant to put him on here. But he he he's on the he's hey, on the song. He, with he was dog. good with the he was good in the nineties. He had a few hits. Uh, yeah, I, I feel even more bad for Nas because of the Old Town Road song with Little Nas X. So now he's even more overshadowed because people are like, "Oh, that's a Nas song." Like, no, 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 no. That's that Little one. Nas X. Oh. That's not the yeah. So. Poor guy. Poor guy. Uh, 
the only other big thing that we can kind of talk about in terms of the importance of this movie is it's kind of short because it's surrounded by secrecy and no one really knows if anyone's lying about it. But before it comes out in a comic, like the men in black themselves are a huge conspiracy dating back to the 1940s um, where Harold Dahl claimed to have been warned not to talk about his alleged UFO sightings on Maury Island by a man in a black suit. In the mid-1950s, a U- ufologist, whatever those people want to call themselves, oh um, Albert K. Bender claimed to have been visited by men in dark suits who threatened and warned him not to continue invest- investigating UFOs. Bender maintained that the men in black were a secret government agents who had been given tasks to suppressing the evidence of UFOs. Then another ufologist, James Keel, claimed to have had encounters with the men in black, referred to them as um, demonic supernaturals with dark skin and or exotic facial features. According to the ufologist... Ah, that sounds real weird! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it kind of does. Uh, <laughs> Jerome Clark reports men in black representing experiences that do not seem to have occurred in the world of Contessa's reality, which I don't, I don't know, man. This is, yeah. this is you know this what is... I'm thinking? I'm thinking, you know how you train for this? You sit in the backyard and somebody just sits over the top of the fence and just throws random objects up in the air and you have to identify it. Yeah. Then um, another historian talked about during the laughing, 70s, mute. <laughs> 80s and 90s, uh, UFO conspiracy theorists would incorporate men in black into their increasingly complex paranoia and visions. And his article, Gary Barker, my friend, the myth maker, John C. Sherman claims that in the late 1960s at 18, he cooperated <laughs> with Gary Barker, who urged him to develop a hoax, which Barker subsequently published and basically like came out that these dudes were fake and that they were just promoting poppycock uh but just promoting poppycock yeah it's poppycock look at here all this poppycock sure would i don't know way howdy all this poppycock going around exactly um yeah i don't i didn't really know where to fit this in i knew we had to kind of like talk about it a little bit we don't have to talk about it but apparently this was a much bigger conspiracy than just um you know some guy writing some comic books about Men in black shooting. People. I'm all about it. I love it. I love the time frame when we have these random 1950s where everything's just paranoid and co- freaking cons- everything conspiracy. I'm all about it. This is great. But please don't My ever problem consider with this yourself is that... a ufologist. Why we'll throw stuff over a fence for you to identify. My only problem with this is that, like, what other color suit do you see people in the government wear? Oh, none of this. Other makes what any other color sense. suit do you see people wear at this time? Like, like, people weren't wearing, like, dark purple suits and, like, dark blue suits with, like, bright ties. Like, their fashion wasn't a thing, really. They didn't people even have good lighting at this time. Suits. Everything was dark. Yeah, I mean, that's, like, one of, the, like, the running jokes in the whole, you know, franchise itself. Is that, like, the men in black people still wear, you know, suits from the 1940s. Because that's what everyone wore. Everyone was a men in black. Everybody was. So why do they have to be like some governmental conspiracy thing? What if Wait, they're... did you just say everyone? Did you? Okay, I'm sorry. It was, you used a singular and a plural, and it sounded funny. Everyone was, was a... a men in black. Everybody was a men in black. Yeah, everyone was a men in black there. Yeah. You get a suit, and you get a suit. You get a suit, exactly. 
They, they made that shit look good. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to move on from there because all I can think of is just like, you know, yeah, these men in black came and offered me sugar water and told me to redecorate my curtains and then flashed me with a flashy thing. And I don't remember anything. I know. I remembered it in the third movie. <laughs> Um, I do want to kind of talk about some of the controversies surrounding the fourth movie. I want to talk about how, how you spelled controversies first. Hey, it didn't fit for me. I didn't know what this word was, so I just left it in here. Because I thought it would be a funny conversation piece. What is this word? I have no idea. Why didn't Google autocorrect it for me? I don't. Conch... Mm, contraveries. Con... Contreveries. Manners you inherit? Is that what this is? Is it an etiquette thing? I don't know. Who cares? Uh, no, there's no word with this. The, hey, Google says if there's a word for it, it didn't correct it. There's, there's no squeakily line there. Look at that. Okay, contravary is the word. Contraveriesies. No. That's what he spelled. I don't know what that's what he meant. That's what he spelled. Hey, man. Doesn't fix it. I'm not gonna fix it. No squiggly line. No right click. Spell check. Uh, yeah. But I also didn't realize like how pissed people were about this movie, considering um, the whole Liam Neeson situation. Like people, you know, this is the the time of petitions and change.org things. People were petitioning to have Liam Neeson, who I guess is like a main character. I haven't seen the trailer, but I guess he's like a main person in the next. I movie. think he plays what's his name's. Uh... Who's that guy? The, the basically Tommy Jones's boss in the first in the first movie. That's what I thought he plays. Uh, and people basically want him digitally removed from the movie, or pe- they want people to boycott the movie entirely oh, because he's yeah, in it because of all everything. his racist stuff that happened before. Um, which I thought is kind of crazy. Like you want to like digitally remove the movie for someone who's not even like the main character. We're gonna boycott every movie mm-hmm. by going to see the movie. Yeah, there's a there was a whole bunch of petitions, like a lot of petitions. Like, way more than I would have thought. I don't think people so realize think how people easy still... it is to make a petition. Like, That's I kind of want to explain that for all these people that's like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Every year, been election year since like the 90s or so, if not longer, since change.org's been around and the internet, people, like, people, states and other people actually filed a petition to actually re- be removed from the United States. There, there was a White House petition where people got enough petitions for it to be seen by Obama in which we were supposed to build a Death Star. Yeah, like, I don't think we realize it's not hard to make a petition. The only difference we have now is we have idiot media who actually covers it and tells everybody and puts it on the internet going, hey, look, they made a petition. Like, no, they're petitioned to make Death Stars, to succeed from the U.S., to succeed from, like, California to be 17 states. Texas needs to be 24 states. Like, there's petitions I also think it's also this thing for me, at least, like, when it comes to movies like these, because, like, I mean, I hate it when actors do shitty things, but it's also, like, this was already recorded, directed, done. Like, it was already wrapped. And I'm just kind of like this. I, like, I, I really think what he said was really messed up. And, but at the same time, I'm also just kind of like, they've already, like, this, the amount of manpower that goes into any sort of CGI, whether it's removing or adding, which is why everybody was really mad about the Sonic. It's weird, because, right, because it's kind of like Sonic, like, people were like, we hate this character, give us a new one, and then they're like, we will, and they're like, how dare you give us a new character, a new character design because now your people are gonna have to work really hard it's like well you have to realize that when you ask people to do this stuff to movies like 
it's easy for us because like what we see is we see the actors right we see the actors who get paid a crap ton of money we see the high level director who and producers who get paid a crap ton of money what you don't see same thing with video games you don't see all the people who are actually putting in hundreds of hours of time in the back end piece doing cgi models doing any sort of stuff like that i think that that's what get gets missed and i don't think people understand the intricacies that go into movies when they call for stuff like that i just think people yeah. are stupid. and the movie the movie wrapped in 2017 so yeah. like it's been done like it's been a done deal for a long time um yeah it's been done done for a long time i just don't they just don't go see the movie that's not apparently a thing. Apparently people are being forced to movies these days. Apparently people are being forced to read things, being forced by so much stuff. I don't know who's doing it, but apparently that's yeah, what's and happening. He, I was just... He's just not like a big part of the movie I also either. Just see it like, this as, is like, a Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth movie. I also just see it like at the end of the day, like use your wallet the way you want to use your wallet and support the media that you want to support and support and don't support the media that you don't want to support. That's apparently and that's I a very controversial if, thing right here. You're saying, Kate, in 2019. <laughs> anyway, because you talked over me and I'm using one track. Like, I, I, I just think ultimately if you want something to happen like just it it's not necessarily don't go see it it's like if everybody who signed that petition now just doesn't put their money towards it like the movie will potentially be bad like it and it won't get another one like just that's that's how things work yeah and people i guess are also upset that will smith and tommy jones aren't in the movie yes i mean that's how i would be that's how i am that's where i was I personally don't really care to see this movie. I don't like they took either one of these out. I don't like it thing. And honestly, if you take away the MCU at this point, literally nobody cares about this movie other than that it's an IPA that we threw in basically MCU characters or actors. Matt, IPA is a beer. Or IP, whatever. <laughs> I need an IPA to go see this movie at this point, but yes. They might have some beers in there. Who I'm going to need one. Um, I'm, I, as the person who probably likes this franchise the most out of the three of us and who definitely likes Bill Smith the most, I'm okay with it because I feel like they're just going to give us more world buildy stuff. It's not just going to be them in New York, which has been the last three movies. Like I got to, I have to feel like there's more alien stuff. I mean, we see more alien stuff going on like in the background, like they have like all these agents all over the world. I'm okay with them doing something. I guess different. from like from also that- don't want to see like 80 year old Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is an icon. How dare you? I, he is an icon. But how old is Tommy Lee Jones now? Let's find that out. Uh, I mean, he was born like 60. So this is his actual life timeline. You know this? <laughs> uh, no, I mean I like I agree with you, Adrian, and I think it's 72. Like, yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, Adrian. Like I, so the longer I sat with this movie, the more I'm like, I'm actually okay because like it, it's something that is set within a much larger universe, so it makes sense to start branching out. But I do think the time between the last movie to this movie is, I think that's why it's a lot of problems of branching out. Um, but they're not replacing them. Like they're not just rewriting the entire timeline yeah. with these two people. It's just a continuation. Um, but to Matt's point, like. It's yet again another movie about another existing IP, and we're not really getting anything terribly new. That said, as much as I wish it, I I do wish it was 72 year old Tommy Lee Jones, um, I really love the chemistry. And I don't say chemistry isn't romantic, I just mean like if you've seen interviews 
with Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth together. And if you've seen, you saw them on screen in Thor Ragnarok, like they're just an acting pair that works very well together. And I really like acting combos, whether it's male, female, 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 male, male, like I don't care. Like just give me actors who act well together and I'll go watch their stuff. So like I that and I, I think that that's different than just saying, oh, I really like the MCU. I want to go there. It's like, well, no, I have like seeing them and stuff together outside of even their role in Thor Ragnarok. Like I I enjoy that. Like I enjoy them. And I enjoy them each individually. So it's definitely something that like I'm I mean, to be honest, we're not paying the CD this movie, but like <laughs> I it I'm not going into their soured on it. Essentially. So obviously we're gonna see what this. I am disappointed in other stuff, and I am disappointed because we get a lot of, like basically the IP thing. I'm bugging me because this is a thrown out like ninety. We're talking about from 1997, and now we're just trying to throw stuff in here for you know using existing IPs. And I guess I just I see all these calls. We want new stuff. We want new stuff, and yet it's like you just gave us an existing IP, and that is going to be your money maker. And obviously they change it. I am interested to see in general because I know Tessa Thompson. I think has had some decent movies. But I think what a lot of people forget is once you like, I don't think Chris Hemsworth, any of his other movies have done anything. They've all kind of sucked. They <laughs> haven't. Yeah, we, we talked about our MCU episode. Like he hadn't done anything. Yeah, before. but he had done. Well, well I mean, he'd after. been in movies after, well, but he hasn't done thing, shit. Though. So, so the 2016 Ghostbusters sucks so hard, but it's not because of the actors, because each of the individual actors, with the exception of like one of them are really good and chris hemsworth as a person like chris hemsworth is a delight in that movie which all of a sudden we care more about their personality of them as a real life person than we care about their actual acting no i'm like no actually if you watch him in that movie he is a great character in that movie that movie just does not put together the characters very well that's the problem to him what so was the other movie where he was an American, even though he's Australian, playing in the Afghan war that also that also bombed? No, wait, wasn't it Red October? No, that was his brother. Hold on. I don't that. Chris Hemsworth. No, is not the that light. one. I know which movie you're talking about. That movie is actually tragic because he gets shot in the head randomly and dies. Yeah. I'm talking about the one that released like I think it was last year that also bombed. It was about the Afghan war, like right after 9/11. Twelve strong. Yes. That bombed. That also had Michael Pena in it. <laughs> but no, like, because it... He's in a Moby Dick movie. He... Okay, you know, he <laughs> was amazing in Cabin in the Woods. He was amazing in Cabin in the Woods. That movie also sucked. No, it did not! Cabin in the Woods is a horror cornerstone now. Now? Oh, he is in Red Dawn. Yeah. I thought I thought it was, I thought it was his no it was a, like no, he's it was there. a horror cornerstone now because it's been time for it to become a cornerstone. Oh, okay, my bad. But it took like, twenty years later, buddy. We now like your movie eight, eight years. But no, oh, yeah, he, he's also horror fans loved that movie when it came out. Like it, me, he was me, great Cap, in that Cap movie. Oh, he plays the uh, what was it the the uncle in the vacation the new vacation movie. He's pretty good in that. Yeah. He's hilarious. He's in a that. perfect getaway with Matt's doppelganger. That movie also didn't do well. I talked to my doppelganger. But that movie's a really I good talked movie. to my doppelganger. That movie didn't do well either. But that's a good movie, though. Like, if you watch it, it's actually a pretty crazy movie. So, Bad Times at the... At bad, at the bad Times at the He's El Royale was really critically acclaimed, at least within, like, the Fantastic Fest circle and, like, the genre film stuff. But it wasn't wide release. Uh, yeah, it was, and wasn't so, it? 
Mm-mm. I could have sworn they re- wide released that one. Because I know they tried to promote it. They didn't promote it that well, but it was promoted. No. But, yeah. Chris Hemsworth's movies have sucked because of the people behind them. I forgot. We're just going to blame cool. everybody but Chris Hemsworth. How many movies do you because have to be in like- bad movies? Because I like him. Is he is he Nicolas Cage of the 2019 at this point? No. Is he getting there? Really is he future is. Nicolas Cage in 20 years? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> maybe. I, he's he he's really good at Bad Times at the Casino. Was it the, the that Bad movie? Bad Times with the Elroy. Yeah. Elroy. He's really good in that movie, and I think that he is a really <laughs> great scary actor. And I would take him more seriously in that role than I would. Uh, Ooh, he was in Snow White and the Huntsman. So before we kind of talk about the movie briefly, because you guys are actually about to go see it, I do want to run through a couple fun facts that I thought were interesting that we haven't talked about yet that couldn't really fit anywhere else. But fun fact number one, John Landis and Tarantino actually turned down directing this film, which I was not aware of. I'm actually happy. I'm not a big fan of Tarantino's films. And I don't care about his actual personal life stuff. I just don't really like his movies. I was a I fan think... of his early films. Yeah, some I'm of his early ones aren't bad, but like stuff. as he's gone on, like I do not care for after the majority of them. Everything after Kill Bill is just sharp nosedive like, for me. Yeah, I think he would have done a good, like if they would have went the darker comic book route, I think that would have been more interesting for him to do for Tarantino. If it was like some gritty, like. I think Robert Rodriguez would actually be better suited for that. Are you sure you just didn't, are yeah, you just not throwing other Latin people out here to go along with Pitbull? I mean, if I'm being honest, no, I mean, just I, give it to uh, I've saying, your boy because of all the creature design. Oh, Guillermo del Toro, yes, but he, he wasn't yeah. around at that time. No, what, I was, was he not born yet or something? Because, no, he was doing his... It, he wasn't directing. <laughs> He's like anyway, 60, isn't he? Oh, my God. He has been in... Nothing. Anyway... <laughs> No, I'm saying Robert Rodriguez because Robert Rodriguez and Twin and Tarantino at this time are a pair. They do a lot of their movies coming out during the 90s is them doing stuff together. But out of the two, I think he has a better directorial directorial style that would fit the universe than like super dark Tarantino because I don't think Tarantino's humor is really hit or miss and I think Rodriguez's hits a lot, especially in the pulpy way that the comic was. Oh, but the comic wasn't funny, though. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was, like, dark. Well, I know. Pulpy is dark. I'm, I read oh, the description. Oh, pulp. uh, pulpy? Pul- so it's like a pulp Can I get fiction. less pulp? Is I like pulp-free, thank you. Light pulp? I understand what you're saying. Um, I was also surprised to see that no cockroaches were harmed in the making of the first movie. It wouldn't have mattered. They... There's so many of them. They outnumber us probably in your house more than they do. Matt, don't talk about that. If you see one cockroach in your house, that probably means there's Matt, about 10,000 in your walls. Seen, no, shut up. Shut up. Statistics of bugs is frightening and crazy. There's probably like more species and more like types of bugs. And I don't care about any bugs except cockroaches, so please shut up about it. I hate those things, and I'm getting very scared right now, so stop. They're well, all in our walls. you'll be happy to know that they were not killed in the movie. They like. I'm not Smith's... happy to know that. Kill them all. Will Smith stepped on like mustard packets, and they put like um, paint, like glass paint, over listening to the cockroaches. So, what is like the the film group that does the movies, the animal film, whatever, blah blah blah. Peta blah. people. I guess they came in and made. Ch- no, not Peta, but the people you who were like at the end of the movie. About this? I don't think so. Peta I, I don't cares think about branding people in the streets. They don't care about animals. Yeah, I don't think they care about it. But yeah, no, no cockroaches were harmed, which is kind of crazy to me, considering all the cockroaches they had in the movie. Um, speaking of like 
acting and other cast, Clint Eastwood turned down the role of playing Agent K, and Chris O'Donnell and David Schrimmer turned down the role of being Agent J. I actually knew that. So we could have had Thankfully. a completely different movie <laughs> with those so people. So this is also it. like prime Chris O'Donnell before he became TV Chris O'Donnell. I do like Chris Yeah, O'Donnell. so Chris O'Donnell. But I do remember this happening. I don't know why we went with David Schrimmer. That was weird when that was reported. I mean, I could... No, yeah, I'm glad. I do, I mean, Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood at this point, I don't know how he was in 97, if he was still talking to chairs or not, but, I mean, he still had some movies out. I would have been okay with Chris O'Donnell, I guess, but the other two, no. Yeah. Uh, and then I also found out that the pug who's in the first and second movie was one, like a big, he was a big diva, like they had to like do all this, huh? Is perfect. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's perfect. But in the second movie, since it happens so much later, they had to like use makeup on the puppy to make him look younger, which I thought was cute. But then he died. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> in between the, in the second and third one, because he was only in the second, the first and second one. He died in between the third one. Like this movie came out in '97 to 2012. Like See it's so long I for a pug. Talk about dog death. See what that's what happens when you make 12 years between your movies. All your dog they characters make, died. They put makeup on him. They put they they degrade the pug in the, in the movie to make him look younger, which I thought was cute. <laughs> it just hurt that the dog died. Hey, he's a cute you dog. You know, pug. Uh, actually, like outside, of, like the something. Make a better co-host. <laughs> well, he'd be dead, so I don't think so. Oh By the time we got to the fifth movie, he's you definitely saw gone. Your own dog dying. Because dog life after lifespan apparently it's not as long as the gap between these movies. Stop talking. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Minute Black International. Not that like I support dog death. I just, I just wanted because I knew that they were gonna ask what happened to the dog in the third movie. No, so I just... wasn't gonna ask. <laughs> so what did you think they did with the dog in the third I'm movie? I was. I was curious. I had to Google it. No. I feel like Matt probably... Someone was going to ask, okay? I'm just giving it what the people want. Because it's sad. So, I don't think that this bug's going to be she in the next one. She turned her camera off. <laughs> I was trying to turn on my mic. So, uh, we'll finish up by just kind of talking about um, Men in Black International, kind of our expectations for it. So the premise of this is that this takes place after Men in Black 3, so it's in the same universe and same timeline. This is basically just the London branch of the MIB, and then after finding... And this is just me pulling some synopsis thing. I don't really know anything about the movie. But after finding the MIB base, a woman, Tessa Thompson, joins them. The head of the branch, High T, which is annoying. I don't like that at all. Uh, is played by Liam Neeson. (laughs) Why do they put High T? It's so stupid. Um... High T, played by Liam Neeson, pairs, him, pairs her up with Agent H, Chris Hemsworth, and the two secret agents become involved in a series of alien attacks that send them traveling around the globe. Again, directed by F. Grey Grey, who is most recently Fast, uh, Fate of the Furious, and Straight Outta Compton. And then in the United States and Canada, Men in Black International will be released alongside Shaft and The Dead Don't Die, and is projected to gross around $40 million its opening weekend. And has a budget of 110 million. I only add those in there because, as far as a budget that's been like released so far, it has a pretty low budget, and it's also releasing against movies that aren't super popular. Like, what's still in the movie that's gonna be super big? Godzilla, 
and I can't really think of anything else. So I think it's in a good place to do well, regardless of how the movie. For all we know, goes. Disney's about to buy out all the theaters so they can get that last fifty million to pass Avatar for Infinity War. Probably. Or for Endgame. Um, um, I will say Shaft is an interesting movie because literally there's now three Shafts and they're all literally just called Shaft, and they all start three different people. Yeah, they're, the each, they're every each one of them is a person who has played Shaft. Well, I know, but that's yeah. just funny because like I, this is not Shaft one, not Shaft two, Shaft three. It's technically just Shaft, but it's technically the third Shaft. But then we'll have another Shaft. I'm actually just really intrigued by the premise. They just like totally like embraced <laughs> everything, and I will watch anything with Samuel L. Jackson. So it's Shaft on Shaft on Shaft for the third Shaft. So you guys are about to go see this movie, and I'm going to see this movie this weekend. What are your thoughts about the movie? Kind of expectations? Kind of like, what do you want out of the movie? Mainly, Kate. I just wanted to entertain me. Like, I wanted to be like a fairly solid, like a cohesive story. Like, it doesn't have to be like great, but I wanted to be a cohesive story with really good action. Like, that's and and when I say cohesive, like if they do, and I mean they're obviously not going to do a John Wick. That's an entirely different level. But like, there I've seen movies that have had like smaller stories, but so long as they provide in the world building and the action, I'll 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 take it. But if everything is lacking, like I just I don't know, I I just I want really good aliens and some story. Uh, what about so you I don't have any expectations. But I do, I do want to see, obviously, probably at least some story or action, per se. And it kind of, it needs to somewhat make sense. I'm just worried they're just going to throw all this in a time loop. They're going to throw a lot of stuff off, and it's just not going to make sense in the greater picture, I guess, from what they're trying to, since we are trying to tie this to. I, you know what? I either want a lot of action, or I want actual decent dialogue. I'm actually worried about the dialogue. I have a feeling the dialogue in this movie, especially with some of the movies we've been getting lately, is just going to be awful. And I'm kind of just getting tired of just such terrible dialogue in movies. So maybe if they get enough action where I don't care, like this is like an Aquaman where I was like, I love this. Maybe I can just put a, the score on the background and I don't have to listen to him talk. Then that's great. But <laughs> I am worried about that just because, and I do, I have been thinking about the whole thing. Because I know, like I said, Tessa Thompson's played in some good stuff. Chris Hemsworth movies have bombed. And so I am kind of interested to see how he's going to do. Yeah, um, and I just, I just want a good action buddy comedy movie, which I think I'll get um, with this. And if I, if you like, look at the rest of the, the kind of the cast list. So like Rebecca Ferguson, who I guess is in Mission Impossible. I don't watch Mission Impossible, so I don't, I don't know who she is. What but was her name? She looked Rebecca Ferguson. Ooh. She was amazing in Mission Impossible. I love her. She's real good. <laughs> yeah, she she's in it. She plays the alien in this movie. Some alien in this movie. Um, and then Kumali Nunjani. Is that how you say his name? Kumail Nanjiani. Yeah, I love him in stuff. So he's going to be, I think he's voice acting in the movie, I think. That's not the same guy. Yes, it is, isn't it? No, it's wait, not. Wait, it's Matt. No, Matt. It's not? What is that no. guy's name? What is that guy's name then? No. What is that guy's name then? No. Oh, my God. No. It is not the no. same guy. Hold on. Then who's playing the cab driver guy? No. Who's the cab driver guy? No. How do you spell his name versus the cab driver guy? What? I'm asking. Is that not the guy I'm thinking of? I don't even no, know. No, it's not the guy you're thinking of. 
Bob. Huh? Can I get a picture of this? Uh, like who we're talking to referring? Karan. Karan Sony is the cab driver guy in Deadpool. No, the, that's not who I'm talking. Really? What's Dave Batista's movie? Oh yeah, yes, that, that's that, yes, that's what I said. He's a cab. He's an Uber oh, driver. That's you. <laughs> He's an Uber driver. And What's the difference? Okay. My bad. One got an actual taxi thing what? and one just got like nothing. Because one's an actual taxi driver in a movie. <laughs> and one's a guy around. who has a regular day job and then has an Uber shit. <laughs> the whole you could have just said, is that the guy in the movie with Dave Batista? <laughs> taxi, my, oh. I don't know, taxi driver, Uber driver. I mean, they, they do the same function. What's different between Lyft and Uber? They're both just taxis. Uh, but the, the cast list looks good in, in addition to having Hemsworth and Thompson. So I think I'd be surprised like if I, I didn't like it. And it also has um, one of the cops from Hot Fuzz in it as well. I don't know what the name of his character. I'm looking at a picture. I'm just going to link you a picture. I know. I don't want to say anything now. People are going to yell at me. <laughs> Uh, but I'm excited for the movie. As as long as it's like the chemistry's there, which I'm sure it will be, just based off of Thor Ragnarok, and it just kind of builds out some Men in Black international, or some Men in Black world building. I'm okay. Like, I don't know what the plans are if they keep if they are trying to make it like another trilogy. But if it's just like a one off thing, I'm okay with it too. As long as you're not doing Jump Street, I'm good. Yes, this is obviously going. No matter what happens, this is obviously better than any of the Jump Street ideas. <laughs> yeah, this is obviously better than Jump Street. So. No matter how, if this movie um, ends up being like the next Hellboy that we just saw, it's still better than the Jump Street idea. Yeah, and if it does well, and they give us Tommy Lee, seventy-two-year-old Tommy Lee Jones, or probably like seventy-five-year-old Tommy Lee Jones by that point, and like fifty-something-year-old Will Smith in a movie with these two as well. I'm well, okay I mean, like Will. 50-year-old Will Smith is going to be in a movie with 20-year-old Will Smith, so it's possible. I'm so hyped for that. <laughs> I want to see it so bad. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. Okay. And that's really all I got. Like I said like at the beginning of like the But Why Those Here, like there, this isn't some... This is just a really good action buddy cop franchise. It's made quite a bit of money and is popular enough to still be making movies in 2019 um from 1997 and was basically spun off of just like a really dark comic book and it's i hope it continues to do well i don't know i think it's gonna do well regardless i think it's gonna make money i don't know to be honest i think it's gonna make like 150 that's not a lot of money this day and age yeah that's fair i don't i think if you make 150 that's a bomb your budget's 110 no, I'm. I. I. It'll probably. I think it's probably gonna pull like two, three hundred million. Probably because people didn't think. I don't know, man. I think just because the other two movies made money and they weren't even rated good. So even like it comes out and people don't like this movie, I think people are still gonna show up to watch it. I think because of the MCU attraction. No, oh, I believe that this movie again. might be overrated or basically get make money because of the MCU attraction. That's about it. Yeah, I, I think it'll. I think it'll definitely make its money back. Um. And we'll see what happens from there. But I'm excited for it, and I want to go fly Air New Zealand to see if this thing, safety video, is still a thing there. 
if you want to weigh in on Men in Black, whether you like the new one, don't like the new one, if you like the series, if we miss anything, let us know on all of our social media at PC. We're most active on Twitter, so follow us there. And if you want to support us a little more, head on over to patreon.com slash PC, where you get access to exclusive episodes. And you can find me at OhMyMethRandier on Twitter. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z-93. Matt? You always wonder why it rains when you cry. <laughs> <laughs>